government and do it uh, with an upload. So good afternoon, Robin. Good afternoon or good morning for you, Katrina. Welcome to Drive Through HR. Thank you so much for having me. It's weird to see faces. Robin, say hello. It's very weird to see faces, and I'm not dressed appropriately, so thank God. <laughs> this is not a video um, thing, but uh, hello, everybody. Yay, Katrina. We were so <laughs> desperate to get you on and have this conversation that we're, we're doing ad hoc here. You know, I love drive through HR, and I've always really looked up to it. And so it's really cool to be here now. <laughs> well, we're, we're glad to have you. Uh, we, this, this show has gone through a number of iterations, as you probably know, and we're trying to do this Tuesday thing now. So um, I, I got so messed up, I don't even have our script in front of us. I know we were going to talk about your business and a bunch of other things, but Robin, uh, you want to you wanna start asking Katrina the questions while yeah, I... Yeah, <laughs> let's do it. Um, so, um, so let's kick off a little bit with, um, tell us about yourself, Katrina, because I think you have a fascinating sort of journey that you've taken to get to where you are now as the founder and CEO of your own business. Yeah. So I was an army brat and I say that because I think it prepared me in ways that I never could have expected, uh, for being in the talent industry, right? In recruiting. Uh, I moved 13 times before I started high school. So I knew how to have a conversation. Uh, I knew how to ask anyone about anything. And ultimately that has lent itself to my career because it really started in social media where conversations mattered most. Where everything that we did, I'm getting a weird echo. Yeah, I am too. I'm trying to figure out if this is Probably drive through still on and it started working. <laughs> yeah, I am too. I'm trying to figure out if this is. Wait, I'm going. Okay. Did you? This is it? why we're in the business we're in and not running radio <laughs> stations. Definitely. Okay, I can't hear it. That might. Yeah, that might okay. have been me because I had the show open. Oh, okay. Uh, no. Um, I, Anyway, sorry, Katrina, carry on. <laughs> so I started, so I was an army brat, uh, moved 13 times. And I think that really prepared me to be in talent acquisition because I started to realize how much people and their quality of life mattered to, to everything, right? How a job really impacts everything you do because I saw a standard of life being an army brat. And so I started my kind of journey, I guess, and I'm air quoting, which people can't hear. Uh, <laughs> um, I started at uh, a company called Visual CV and we did online resumes. And I ended up doing social media and marketing for them because my CMO said, uh, who has the most Facebook friends? Okay, you, you're gonna be our social media person. And no joke, I've been doing it ever since. So. <laughs> So I went to monster.com and I was a social media ninja, which was uh, a terrible job title, but an awesome job. And uh, that's where I started really getting my feet wet. I went um, where I kind of came back onto the scene after a few little moves outside of the industry uh, was at Recruiting Daily, where I was a managing editor. Uh, I went over to Ronstad and did employer brand. And now I run my own copywriting for recruiters firm. Very cool. That's that's quite a different set of experiences. Um, 
my resume confuses. <laughs> that's, that, that's the perfect though combo ladder slash and lattice journey though. I think so. You know, it prepared me in ways that I never really understood as I was going through it. But now I look back and I'm like, oh, I learned how to write. I learned how to put it in a context. I learned how to use channels and mixed all together. It's really prepared me to be able to do copywriting for recruiting that's practical and applicable because mm -hmm. I've sat in their seat. Mm -hmm. there, there's a number of, there are a number of firms that do, you know, have grown up recently in the, in the PR space. I mean, there's Red Branch and there's Reputation Capital. And I, I don't think you're the same as them, right? You're in a, in a little bit of a different niche. Yeah, so ultimately my goal is to make recruiters understand their candidates so well that they can't help but write really compelling copy to them. I wanna teach recruiters to be better copywriters. And so Reputation Capital is very excellent at telling an editorial story, helping people write a series and become the experts. I think Red Branch is excellent for HR tech vendors who are looking for marketing support. Where we really focus is on recruitment marketing execution, right? What story will you tell? Everything from assessment to execution. Um, and also training those recruiters to be better writers because I'm not under the impression that I'm the only option, right? Mm -hmm. Like I, I don't want some mid-sized company or a casino in Louisiana to not be able to write great copy because they mm -hmm. can't afford to have me. I'd rather teach your people to be excellent and, and spread the good word. And, and well, so I, I think, you know, so many, um, there's this um, fallacy, I think, and I say it's a fallacy because I think of all the many years of my time in HR slash recruiting, but um, think of the poor, the poor typical HR generalist, um, usually at a mid-size, smaller mid-size company that um, has to wear many hats. Yes. And um, there's sort of this thought process that, well, if you're going to, you know, you're, the, you're this HR generalist or this HR manager and you're going to be recruiting for our, you know, let's say we were hiring 20, you know, 20 recs at a time or whatever, um, that that HR generalist, let alone a recruiter, um, can do it all. And so that includes um, writing, writing copy, um, crafting those stories, which is yes a relatively new way of looking at it but you know back in the day mike mike i'm dating you and i here but <laughs> you know i mean i can remember learning how to write um ads for the sunday paper um that were going to fit in in a certain you know how many lines do i need and you know and and even that was well that was a very pedestrian sort of skill um there was a little bit of skill behind it and, and everybody's not good at even that, let alone when we come to where we are now with this understanding of storytelling and um, finding ways to target those personas and all of that sort of thing. It's, it's, a, it's a unique skill set. Yeah. But, but I think what you're doing is you're helping people be comfortable with that and you're teaching them how to do that. Exactly. Because I think we can all agree that hiring is really hard, no matter what you're good at. 
hiring is hard. Whether I have a million dollar budget, a little bit of money, no budget, I'm hiring a thousand people or a hundred people. Hiring is hard. And I think that the only way that we can tangibly make a difference across the board is by telling a better story. I don't think we think enough about the fact that our candidates see over 300 messages every single day by existing. Not by doing a job search, not by you know being active. No, 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 no. An average human, 300 messages a day. What are you going to do to stand out? I can promise you that like your fancy ATS and the million dollars you spent on ads that you have no idea where it went, like a lot of that is not ever going to help you stand out. Yeah. If you tell a better story, it 100% will. What are, what are some of the, um, you know, cause part and parcel of your, career journey and, and your immersion into this greater talent ecosystem that we have, um, you know, you've developed a really strong understanding and you stay very plugged into um, existing and emerging tech tools, especially, you know, in the recruiting space, obviously, HR. Um, what are some you know, some relatively new, maybe even not so relatively new, but what are some cool recruiting tools that you're seeing now or that you think have the ability to kind of take what you're doing and, and, and will evolve with you kind of in this journey? Yeah. You know, so I, I really love Textio. Uh, I will caveat this by saying it is an expensive tool generally. Um, and that's kind of the first thing a lot of people tell me. However, I, I want to say that I think it's, if you can make that kind of investment, it's absolutely worth it. And the reason I like it so much is that it coaches you through the evolution, right? So for example, if I plug in a job posting, it gives me a score and it tells me exactly how to change. I don't trust machines who tell me what to do. Right. Like, like I am far more comfortable with like a human in command model where there's some autom automation, but like I have to press the go button. Um, and, and that's really where I'm looking. I think the other one that a lot of people uh, don't actually know what they do. They know about this brand is hiring salt. Mm -hmm. um, and the reason I bring them up as part of what I do is that where I see the future of this going and where I see in 2019 and maybe the next few years where writing can make a big impact is as you're automating, really creating custom content that sits into that automation. So every system comes with custom content, right? Yeah. Uh, thank you for submitting your application. We will review it within 48 hours. And we all know, right? When we get them, we know what they are. They're cut yep. out of the box stuff. Um, and so you need to do automation, right? You need to look at your process, right? And I think that Hiring Solved, what they do is they're not just search. They sit on top of your ATS to enhance your search, to help you build pipelines and prioritize and update information. There, I think that is so fundamental, right? Because it means your process gets a little better, right? You're not sitting on a ton of old data and then reaching out to a blast of a thousand people yeah. who are qualified and aren't interested anymore. Yeah. Yeah. 
I think, you know, and, and I think you've also come again, a little bit full circle in your, in your career in this industry, because you were doing some things with video early on. And now you dabble in, in that still a bit as well as part of the storytelling, right? Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. What, what's the, what do you see as the value of, of video, the type of video, um, and our employers, our recruiting teams doing it right? Yeah. Um, I think video has tremendous value in this market because it's the way our candidates and, and people in general consume media now. We like watching videos, right? We don't end our day. The majority of people end their day watching Netflix, not reading a book. And I think the video gives the opportunity to capture someone who's more interested in a media experience, uh-huh. um, something tangible that connects with their heartstrings, not just their pocket, not just their list of skills. Uh, and so I think companies who are doing video well right now are creating micro content that tells the story. What I mean by that is videos that are, are less than two minutes, they're very actionable and they tell one story right? Instead of trying to get the like one video that captures your yeah, for everybody. Exactly. Stop. Stop doing that. Focus on roles. Use it as a channel, not as some like overall messaging machine because it's not. Hmm. Um, I had a go. I want to go back to the very beginning of the show um, and just ask why three ears media? <laughs> yeah. Uh, so the company is actually named after my dogs. Um, I started this company. I don't want to say I wasn't thinking about it. I was definitely planning it, but it happened a little faster than I expected. (laughs) And so I was speaking at SourceCon on the day I launched the company and I needed a badge name. And so they kind of lit a fire under my rear and it was like, you need a company name. I look around my house. I look at my dogs. And so they have four ears. I always have to clarify that part because people get a little nervous. So (laughs) my lab just has one ear that stands straight up and one that's down while the Boston Terrier has two up. And I jokingly would be like, hey, three ears, let's go. Like, that's like their little group name. (sighs) So I'm looking, I'm looking, I look at the dogs. I'm like, three ears media. URL was available. I can also make the whole plug about, you know, three ears would be even better than two. Right. (laughs) <laughs> we, listen, we listen harder, that kind of stuff. We exactly. listen harder. Um, yesterday, I think it was yesterday, it might have been the day before, there was a list of stuff going around referencing what a blast it is for employers to offer picnics and monthly celebrations and all that. And and you posted, you posted, I was looking I was looking for it while you were talking. You posted something that said you've never seen anybody ask for any of those things. Yeah. You don't belong in a job description. Uh, is it is it okay for employers to talk about perks like that or is it just a way the time in the hiring process. All right. So let me caveat this by saying that I'm doing free job rewrites right now. So I am knee deep. I've done over a hundred job rewrites mm-hmm. in the last three weeks. Hmm. And I think that perks and benefits, you should discuss them in a job posting if they're special. Okay. Medical, not special. Yeah. Dental, not special. Picnics, not special. Awards ceremonies, really, really not special. 
What is special is offering a mentorship program from day one where you are assigned to an employee who has been there for more than one year who's going to show you the ropes. Um, so, right, so I, I make that example as a contrast to show special versus not special. And we all know what is special and what's not. Let's be real. I think sometimes we get into the like, I just want to put it all there. Like, no, I can tell them everything. And you're actually excluding more people than you're getting to apply when you do that. I, um, I had a, um, a, a presentation that I've done a couple of times to different SHRM uh, conferences, chapters and, and state um, talking about the the branding of your benefits, which sounds, it's trying to make the most unsexy part of HR sexy. Um, <laughs> but it really kind of got to that point because I had some examples because I had done some searching, uh, local searching of some local companies to see what they were putting out on their career site as advertising their benefits. And you're right. It's, oh yeah, we have medical, we have this. But there were quite a few that were announcing, um, we offer direct deposit. I mean, who the hell doesn't, right? Um, one even said, come work with us and, you, and we'll, pro we'll provide your workers comp coverage. You know, last I checked, I think that's required. So really not a benefit type of thing. So it, it truly is, you know, but I also think it gets back to a company not knowing, not having that expertise or that HR person or whatever to say, what what does make us special they they need to have some kind of content so it's easier to dump anything exactly exactly well and the number one thing that i've heard from all of these so i do a little kickoff call with every single person 15 minutes we talk through the job what's a day in the life like right so i can have enough information to write a job at and the number one thing i hear is they don't know that it's good or bad they just know that it's probably too long and that it it's not special yeah, that, yeah that's kind of the overall feeling it it's not that everyone is damning their job ads it's not like that at all i actually haven't heard one person be like my job ads are really a problem yeah they just they they're kind of on edge like they like you said they don't have the expertise they don't know what they don't know yeah and and ultimately, they think it's probably too long. Well, and I always think that there's a, there's a part of that expertise comes in is knowing, um, you know, to use the buzzword, but it's the authenticity piece of it is I want the sizzle in there that shows my uniqueness, but sometimes the problem becomes um, somebody writing that 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 job ad that post on their career site whatever they've put so much sizzle in there that they've lost all sense of reality yeah and 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 then everything looks the same because it's sort of the same of well every company you know take take the header or the logo off a career page and you could everybody's interchangeable you know we all have the same values yep. you know communication and integrity and teamwork you know i mean it's there's no personality and then, like you know, funneling that down to that job ad, to that call, to to action for those candidates. Um, it's either it's either fake um, or boring. I think. Yeah. <laughs> How are we doing on time, Robin? You've got the. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Let's do a reset. We've got uh, about nine minutes left. Okay. 
Um, hi, it's Mike, and we're here with Robin uh, and Katrina Kibben of Three Years Media, and we're talking to her about writing job ads and her experience in starting a new business and a couple other things. Um, Katrina, I just, just, I like asking, they're not, I don't know if it's quirky questions, but they're not necessarily on the, on the page. Um, you mentioned short and long job ads. What, what's like, what make, so, so picnics don't work. What makes it unique? Like what, what's the quality that somebody should bring or be thinking about in this super competitive labor market we're in right now? So I think there are two tactics that ultimately can really improve your job ads. The first one is to translate skills into everyday life. For example, uh, instead of putting you're an excellent communicator um, because you want somebody who is really friendly and can you know, have a conversation with anyone on a sales job, why don't you put something like, you can't go to the grocery store without seeing three people you know. And, you're what, and, you, and your family knows they'll be there for at least 30 minutes once you find those folks. You can't help it. You just love people, right? That, that's an introduction right there for a yeah. sales job. Um, and something that's really compelling because I just translated a skill into a real life feeling, into a real life quality. I always ask people, can you describe the best blank you've ever hired? Think of them. Think of that person. So for example, Robin, if you were hiring a consultant, I'd say, okay, who's the best consultant you've ever had? Tell me about them. And then you start to contextualize it with a human. It's not skills yeah. anymore. It's, it's a real person. The other yeah. thing I tell people to do is instead of, again, cut the skills any more than five bullets and you are building in bias. So the way that you can do that instead of doing a ton of bullets with a ton of requirements put this list in at the end of one year you'll know you were successful if and then make a list right. what's going to be on the first year check-in what is that manager hoping will happen this year that will make this person like the best thing that's ever happened to this company you can usually nail that down to like three to five things right because yeah. you wouldn't give somebody 13 objectives for the year. You can nail that down. Then we're start we're having a different conversation because now you've contextualized skills to my real life. I can look at that whether I'm a man, a woman, black, white, whatever. I can look at this and go I can do the job. And ultimately that's what you need to accomplish with your job posting and nothing else. Mm. Nice. Um, Robin, I think you had a question about a magazine or something, maybe? Yes. Well, and so this was, the timing of the show was perfect because this was very exciting. And, and I just, um, I, I just, you know, if you can't tell, I'm a big Katrina fan because I just championed what she's done and growing her business. And she, um, she had a, a pretty featured part in a Forbes article last week. I did. I did. And, oh. and I think, you know, just to contextualize this, Robin and I have known each other now for five. Maybe, yeah. We're getting into the like close to double digits. Yeah. Thing. Yeah. At least. Yeah. And I, you know, I didn't come from some like rich family or like famous group. Right. Like, and, and this is just such like a, a big moment for my life. I almost didn't go to college. You know, like, I, I, I can't tell you how this, I cried when I saw it. Um, 
but uh, the, the conversation was about automation and how you really need to go back to your process because no machine will ever fix a broken process. Yeah. Yeah. Amen. Well, Amen. and you know, it, we're not the, we're not the first people to make this point, but it's so true. And you see it all the time is, um, I was just having a conversation with somebody about the other day where, Ooh, we're going to get this shiny new, whatever, ATS, you know, HDM, whatever, shiny new tool, accounting system. I don't care yeah. what it is. And we're going to bring it in and solve all our problems because we're just going to plop it on top of the shit stuff that's laying here at the bottom the way we've always done it. And, I, you know, I think that it's, um, if there's one thing I always lay out whenever I've been part of a team where we're doing an implementation of something is take that time to stop and think. Yeah, you can sign the contract, but build time in for yourself to do the pre-work of looking at your processes and now's the time to fix your workflow. I'm air quoting too, before mm. you, um, before you dive into just putting this on top of don't, don't take what you've done and just put technology on top of it. Um, yeah. you if know, it can't fit on a whiteboard, the process is probably too long or broken. Yeah. Yeah. How big is the whiteboard? I'm looking at this board like yeah, somebody's got four by eight. you know the corporations have four by eights hanging on the wall and they usually have a couple of them they tend to wrap around the room yeah so, yep. uh, anyway. well, if it takes all of those whiteboards it's definitely broke that's, that's, <laughs> HR. that's not just a single aspect of HR that's all of HR yeah. right right um, so um so I didn't We're know you guys know didn't yeah, know you guys had known each other that long. We're running out of time. Well, we're kind of getting to the uh, getting to the end, and I want to give um, give Katrina a little bit of time at the end for people to know how to meet her. So here's here's the question um, because I, I I put it on the show episode. We were going to talk dogs versus cats, hmm. and I really said that because I know that all three of us on here are dog people. So right. I've had cats in my life, and I've been an HR cat lady. Um, we're all dog people. So, um, so we're going to go around, go around the room here and, and spend a, a few minutes, seconds talking about our dogs. Um, I've unfortunately had to, um, lost two of our four this year. Ouch. Um, I know, but I still have, um, running around, uh, Franco Petis and Mr. Crumples. Mr. Crumples. So those, those are my two. Mike? Um, I had, uh, I, I, I lost a couple of dogs, uh, along, along with cats a couple of years ago. And that, those were Cairo and Mary. Cairo was a Basenji, which is a really obscure African breed. They don't bark. She was a very cool dog, but highly, highly, uh, highly demanding. She was a diva. Uh, I have a beagle now named Sugar and she's not a diva. She just likes to be petted, walked, fed, and then start the process over again. <laughs> and there's sleep in there when we're not doing one of those other three things. <laughs> Yeah, so you can actually meet my dogs on my website. They are listed as employees. So mm -hmm. I have Ruby, who is my CTO, also known as the Chief Toot Officer. <laughs> she uh, may or may not have tooted so loud on a webinar once that it was part of the recording. And Lyric is my Chief Bark Officer <laughs> because she barks in the middle of my recordings regularly. And they're always with me. So I figure... You know, you can inspire a name. You can be on the, exactly. on the employee page. Exactly. 
Well, this has been a great chat. So let's, uh, let's wrap up. And Katrina, if you want to let everybody know um, where they can find you online, Twitter, website, etc. Yeah, so I am the only Katrina Kibben there is. Mm. Fun fact. So I'm very easy to Google. Uh, and I, you can find us at three, spelled out, earsmedia.com. Uh, are on Twitter at Katrina Kibben. I'm usually ranting. <laughs> well, fantastic. Thank you. Um, thank you so much for joining us on Drive Through HR. And uh, next week we are back to our um, uh, regularly scheduled show. Regularly scheduled show. <laughs> so, well, thank you thanks, so much. Uh, thanks, everybody, and have a good, uh, good rest of the day. You're welcome. Thanks, Katrina.